back to Pulling Back the Curtain, hosted by pop culture enthusiast Kaylee Davis. Pulling Back the Curtain is a podcast where I, along with special guests, pull back the curtain on different elements of pop culture and expose how deep white supremacy really runs throughout American media. Today's episode is about the history and evolution of R&B music and the people that make it. For the season finale, I've brought on two special guests, my closest confidants, Kayla Zachary and Tashia Willie. So... Kayla and Tashia, um, I'd like to ask, did you guys grow up listening to R&B music? Yeah, most definitely, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Who gonna go first? (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) Oh, I was like, 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 who gonna go first? Okay, okay, okay. So Tashia, you can answer first, and then Kayla answers, okay? Is that all right? Do I have to do like a formal voice? Like, oh, no, well. you do not have to do a formal voice. That girl okay. said, "Oh well." <laughs> well, you know, in my opinion, you know, I I loved doing what I do and oh, no, but having... stop, stop. <laughs> anyway, okay. Who okay. Sta- who are some staple R and B artists from your childhood? Tashia, that's you. <laughs> Okay, um, my, my, um, am I making me nervous? Oh my god. Girl, sorry! (laughs) Come on! (laughs) Okay. Okay, stop. Okay. Um, a few R&B artists that I, you know, were in love with was Michael Jackson. Was he really R&B? Yes. We'll go with that. Um, he also, Ashanti, Keisha Cole... A little bit of Joe. <laughs> Mostly Michael Jackson. My mom was... Oof. She was obsessed. I think that's very common. Um, I think most people that I know have like an, a mild obsession with Michael Jackson or they experience a mild obsession with him during their childhood. Because he scared of me. Um, Kayla, what about you? Who are some um, R&B artists that you frequently listen to in your childhood? Okay, so <clears throat> one of them was definitely Michael Jackson. Like, mm-hmm. that's like a big role. Um, somebody else that my parents always played was like Gerald Levert, Uta Vandross, Usher, you know, like everybody else. But like, those are like the main ones that we hear all the time. I know you always talk about Mr. Luther. <laughs> Just because, you know, but you know, it's something about the way they like make the song. For sure, for sure. And um, do you think that your parents have had a really big influence on, like, your taste in music today? Oh, most definitely. I really do feel like they're the ones who really gave me, like, like, you know, they're, they're always be like, don't just listen to the beat, listen to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I hear, like, different, like, R&B songs, I'd be like, wow, I didn't even know they was talking about that because I was too busy playing things to the beat. To the lyrics, so I really think they really have influenced me, especially since they were influenced when they were younger. So yeah, that's... I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna. I, I was gonna be like, that's great, Tasia. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, okay, you do that. Okay. Well, uh, personally, no. I think ninety-two point three did, but not really my, oh my mom God, because radio station. Yeah, because <laughs> my mom point three. My... Point three. <laughs> 2.3 but no my mom 
since she's Caribbean, she's just straight reggae, reggae, soca, like just straight that. Like I think I'm really, I'm really into like reggae and soca, but like I learned myself like to get into the, like R and B, like soul and like gospel and all that. I wasn't really taught by my mom. Okay, so you're more sweet melody, and your mom is more wind up your body punk me gal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay and so for you guys like what's your favorite era of r&b and why can i go first yeah for sure definitely the early 2000s that was amazing like even though i wasn't like alive yet and I didn't understand the words, you know, but like the beat, like Keisha was hitting it, like early 2000s, um, Aaliyah before, um, you can say before she passed away, it's all hate. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm making this, okay. And then a little, okay, a little bit of R. Kelly. I can't, okay, don't, don't come at me. But a little bit of R. Kelly. R. Kelly kind of hit. Look, I didn't say nothing. I didn't say anything. I'm going down, down. Okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, Kayla, do you agree with that? That um, the early 2000s was a really good era for R&B for you? Yeah, like the late 90s, early 2000s. It felt like it was like a whole bunch of... Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. That's a good window. Yeah, like it was a lot of heartbreak, and then it was like, yeah, I'm finna get back and do what I was doing before they even came in here. It was like I got my heart broken. I'm realizing who I am, and uh, I'm back to myself. That's what for I get from sure. Here. And I like, um, I mean, like this isn't really an era. It's kind of like a trope, an R&B trope. But I do like, um, R- dang, did you hear my mom clapping? Anyway, I like <laughs> R&B made by groups. Yeah. So like SWV. Um, TLC, Soul for Real, yeah, mm-hmm. New Edition, New Edition, oh, uh, Boys sure. to Men, yeah, Boys like, to no- Men, no, because I I get on my mom's nerves with Boys to Men, <laughs> most definitely. I hop in the car, she's like, "Do not even grab the ox," because I'm not <laughs> trying to listen to End of the Road. I'm like, "Okay, okay." <laughs> yeah, so, I really feel like those groups really did play like a huge part next to the solo artists Mm -hmm, most definitely because i think that the difference well okay the strength of a group is their ability to like melt into one another without overpowering each other you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so that's definitely um just a really wonderful skill and it's something that when done correctly it's just really wonderful to listen to and to hear yeah um so what are some like iconic songs from each decade of r&b like you can go from like the earliest decade of r&b that you find most recognizable up until the present so like if you can't recall any r&b songs from the 80s you can talk about r&b songs from the 90s and mom i am recording something right now please leave it's for school thank you i love you Close the door, I... mom. <laughs> I'm recording. 
recording because I'm recording, mom. Go away, mom. <laughs> mom, close the door, mom. <laughs> mom. Josh, okay. say hi. Okay, mom. <laughs> uh, you said the most iconic songs? Yeah. Okay, so. Okay, so like, dang, what do you say? It was in the nights when Michael Jackson released "You Are Not Alone." I felt <laughs> like that song was like, like in general, it like it was like really heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you had Usher with "You Got It Bad." Uh, I started dancing immediately. <laughs> uh, Let it burn, and all those types of songs, and then you know Keisha Cole just in general mm-hmm. was in it. Um, definitely. Whenever Timbaland was on the song that had some type of R&B in it, it was going to slap. So I feel mm-hmm. like anything that was like heartfelt and like you could understand what they were saying was like the most iconic. And like you could see like how R&B has really like, uh, what's the word? Evolved. Yeah. Like throughout the centuries. Like, like wow, we've come a long way and mm-hmm. we're only still getting better oh yeah most definitely um Tashia what are like some uh, some songs that you would deem iconic from early decades of R&B mm, definitely um what's his name white man oh Lil John. wait no, 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 this no it's John not John B. It's John B right 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 <laughs> edit that out cut that out anyways I'm not cutting it out <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, John B. Uh, oh, what's yeah. the song? They don't, what's the one? song called? They don't know. Yes. yes, that's amazing. It's, I don't know. I just love usually, I don't really listen to like first, I don't listen to the lyrics, I just listen to the bass and like the sound. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about what the lyrics say at first, and then I get deep into the lyrics, but. Yeah, definitely They Don't Know by John B. And then everything Keisha Cole. Like, Keisha Cole, she did her thing, like, in the early 2000s. She did really good. Um, Even though I don't really listen to Ashanti, a few of her songs were really good. I can really only name one Ashanti song, and guess what it is? Say it. Foolish. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Um, So that's, I think that's really cool how we can all agree that Keisha Cole definitely um, contributed so much to Mm -hmm. R&B in the early 2000s. Like, um, she just had such a really large impact on the genre as a whole mm-hmm. um and just okay so like r&b in the 90s it was like it was very um sensual you know um like what comes to mind is freaking you by jodeci yes uh, <laughs> yeah it, yes. and um uh, pony jodeci by genuine yeah yes um, so like that's definitely what the vibe was in the 90s and i think Mm -hmm. keisha cole into the early 2000s she flipped that into making it um more suitable for a heartbreak yes and that's that's something that we still see now um r&b songs about heartbreak whenever you listen to modern artists like 
um, Brent Fias and Kehlani and Summer Walker Givian. and Daniel Caesar and Gibeon. Um, so I just think that's really wonderful that she was able, well, I'm not going to say that she did it all by herself, but she was definitely doing the heavy lifting. Um, yeah. right. and we, we do thank you, Keisha Cole. We salute you. Um, Period. thank you for your service. Yes. Yeah. You know she's still her. making music. We should write her love letters. <laughs> but no, when you was definitely talking about like Jodeci and Genuine and like, uh, Mint Condition, like all of them, they was mm-hmm. like. They really like for like for boy like for boy groups and R and B. They really like like display like different sides of R and B. You have like that sensual. Then you have like that kind of like the uppity, but like like a melody type. And it was fun like they could switch in between. So like they're like really heartfelt, and then it's like a uh, girl. Yeah. Yes, I, and when yeah. you yeah when you mentioned the switch, I thought immediately about um boys to men because boys to men is like kind of infamous for their monologues that are in the middle of their songs right yeah so like in um uh oh my god what's the song uh we got tonight frick oh my god i wish my family would shut up (laughs) (laughs) but yeah bro because there's this one song um where they're talking about like their first time with their girl. Oh my, get out, get out, get out. <laughs> They're talking about their first time making love with their girlfriend. And then, yeah. like, halfway in the middle, they're like, girl. <laughs> you know, <laughs> on me. They you know, you're the like... only one for me. And I'm like, what? Well, uh, can we get back to the beat? <laughs> you know? Do y'all remember? My bad. Do y'all remember, like, the. Oh my god, I remember the um because it was the same like monologue thing. It's like now you know you're oh, something. Oh, oh, no, no, no. oh, 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 um, the whole crew used to do the same girl. I was like, yeah. hey, y'all oh, used to air oh. her out like that. No, seriously, like, how did we not pick up on this? Early? And then also, like, the hidden message behind that song that I never even realized until recently was that um, the song's called Poison, and then they talk about how they all used to do the same girl because she gave them all STDs. Oh my that's god! Whole, that's literally the meaning behind the whole song. And I was like, oh my god. I was Isn't that this. wonderful? Wow. How, how we don't realize these things until we're older. That's why that's, <laughs> that's why he said never trust a big butt and a smile. Mm-hmm. Oh! Um, dang, I've moved completely away from our questions. <laughs> that oh wow. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read the next question that I have. Um, so, do you guys listen to any non-black R&B artists, and why yes. or why not? <laughs> Absolutely okay. not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I do like so like for one, I do like some of Robin Thicke songs. Oh, uh, I forgot he was white. Like, have some nice R&B, um, and John B. Those like those like like the only three artists I listen to because like they really like understood the assignment. They the understood the right. assignment. Yeah, they give what they're supposed to give. Like Robin Thicke in general was like, 
you know, he was freshman seeing and at the time, so was like, you know, John B is getting kind of old. So like John B was threatened by it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't blame him because you guys, this new kid coming on the scene, sounded almost just like you, producing new songs, and it's like you can see how like it evolves, not just not just from black people, but from like also white people as well. And like you see the variety of ways like they project their words differently. So you're saying that um, whenever you expand um, your horizons to non-black R&B artists, you realize how much um, non-black artists can contribute to the genre of R&B? Yeah. Okay, okay, that makes sense. And Tashia, you said no, you did not well, listen to any non-black R&B artists. I thought you meant like now, and I was like... No, you, no, you can um, answer that question in any parameters that you feel like was appropriate. So you do you currently you know like regularly enjoy any non-black r&b artist music um i listen to yeah like basically everything uh kayla said but there's this um but i only listen to this like because she's a white girl and she made this like one r&b song that's really really good it's called um i wish you loved me and her name's tynesha oh my god i know exactly who you're talking about Um, she yeah. Yeah, she was like from the like the early two thousands, right? Yeah, I really uh-huh. like. I wish you loved me. That's like that's really good. And also, um, what's her name? Uh, she Who? was white, and uh, it was like Joe. Joe. Jojo. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, she does not make R and B music. <laughs> no, she don't. It kind of it kind of sound like she did. Like well, it kind of sound uh, like it like um, in the beginning. Girl, I know like you're in, not telling me. Get out! <laughs> I was fucking my head. <laughs> I know, I know. She made like another like, but it was like it sounded more R and B. I think. Well, hey, maybe I haven't heard from JoJo in like twelve years, and I'm Me not even twelve yet. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay. So, do you think that R&B should stay a predominantly Black genre? So, that's not me saying, do you think that only Black people should make R&B? I'm asking, do you think that Black people should make up the majority of R&B artists? Well, I mean, naturally, I mean, it just, it depends on your voice. But I know a lot of people, you know, R&B is from, you know, naturally you know, a predominantly black like place, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like it's like it's kinda hard to see, you know, a white person or another POC doing it when it's like eh. it's like I don't know, it's it's weird. But like you can y'all do whatever y'all want. Like you see these white people doing R and B and they they doing I mean, some of them are doing pretty good. Do what you please. Kayla? Uh, mm, I do think like it should but at the same time you know we're gonna have like non-black artists do R&B but it's just the fact that it, it, it comes from black people so just having that like having like those people set the record and everybody like you know like getting into it it's kind of like an appreciation in some sense for some people because you know they grew up on R&B and they've always wanted to make R&B so I see it as 
um, I'm doing this because it's something I love, something I grew up with, and a lot of people appreciate that. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with non-black artists making R&B, but predominantly, yes, I right. feel like it should like stick in the community because it's something that um, whoa, that's like been with us for like years. Mm-hmm. And lots of us have grown up with it, and lots of the music um that has been uh played throughout our childhood has kind of been passed down to us in a way you know yeah because um the three of us we grew up listening to music from the 90s you know and where did we get that from our parents um because you know we weren't around back then so who who did we look to and who showed us that in the first place Mm -hmm. um it was our parents and that's kind of like how we maintain a closeness, especially with African Americans um, who don't have any discernible cultural heritage outside of um, America. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the way that we maintain our like our cultural roots is through music. Um, and obviously, R and B music isn't the only genre that this is limited to for you know. Um, preserving the heritage and cultural ties of black people in America. Um, I'd say that gospel music really also ties us yeah. in heavily yeah, with definitely. one Because um, I know that all of us, we do enjoy Kirk Franklin. You know? Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, for sure. You know, we all love Take Me to the King. Mm-hmm. And that's like, it's definitely um, just a thing that brings about a sense of community and sameness. Um, and I think that's something that's just really important it, and it can't be replicated by non-black people in the genre because um, well I'm gonna kind of take this back to like our previous conversation about how Keisha Cole um, kind of developed uh, the subgenre of R&B that's revolved around heartbreak uh-huh. um, and lots of her heartbreak songs are about her undesirability like if you listen to Love she says you know i used to think that i wasn't fine enough i wasn't fun enough i wasn't enough period um Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of specific to black women because whenever you look at black women we're kind of always always cast in the bottom of the dating pool especially if you're dark-skinned like that doesn't make anything better um because you know white women have always been the beauty standard and i think it'll always stay that way um as much as it hurts me to say that um, so I don't, I just don't think that that's something that can be replicated, but of course, um, um, are talented and of course that they can feel influenced and they can feel moved by the R&B genre and artists. Um, so of course they can make the music, you know, but can you invoke that same emotion? Can you make me feel these same things that Keisha Cole can and Daniel Caesar and Summer Walker and Frank Ocean like can you do that I think that's the that's the biggest challenge right I think it's because like they don't understand the struggle like you know like especially as like say like a like another POC or you know a white woman tries to you know do the heartbreak thing it's gonna be different because they don't understand what black women go through y'all got it easy you know what i'm saying so how are, it's kind of like it's kind of like it's not gonna be the same right because right. a heartbreak comes from a different perspective you yeah know, that was um, that's what i was wondering like, yeah usually races. whenever they experience heartbreak it's like um it's 
very much on an individual scale it's like ah this one guy like I liked him so much and he he didn't want me when really like we experienced that our whole lives especially Mm -hmm. if you have a crush on somebody who isn't black and then even when you do have a crush on somebody that is black what if they don't like your skin tone like that's just really terrible all around for you to have to consider these things yeah and it's always like it's like it comes from like different point of views like when you like when it's like another plc or like a non-black artist trying to like sing it as if like they're being like they are a person of color it's like it's not the same because like you're trying to live in our shoes but you really can't see yourself in it because you're not like in intact with it mm-hmm. it's like i understand what you're saying but like on my level it's not the same it's totally different so just like right like it's really hard for me to feel sympathy for you right now (laughs) whenever i like you're kind of you're just saying this in the studio but whenever you step out the studio you don't have to live this life and i do yeah like literally for example the the tanisha kelly hers is just like i wish you loved me um you know i want you to stay this 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 but like it doesn't really match what i'm you know kind of like what i'm going through like keisha cole it's just it's very different right it doesn't resonate with you as much right because you know that keisha is coming from a similar perspective as you and you know that Mm -hmm. you guys have some of the same experiences because um that you guys are both black women that have lived your lives in america (coughs) right so to round this off um i'd like to ask my final question and that is, should non-black artists be allowed to capitalize off of R&B um, if they don't speak on black issues? Because R&B is a genre that has been created and curated by black people for right. decades, you know? Um, and there absolutely is nothing wrong with non-black artists participating in the culture. But if they refuse to speak on, you know, Black Lives Matter and police brutality, and the ways that capitalism is destroying our communities. Um, do you think that they really deserve a place in our community? Honestly, no. I mm-hmm. feel like if you can't rec- if you can't recognize our call for help and like try your and like try to be there and like try to like stick your neck out and help, you're just as you're just as bad as other people who are sitting on the sidelines and letting it happen instead of like maybe it's saying like I should go and do this because that's something that's my that's what my heart is telling me. But I wanna, it's like I don't want to be the wrong person because the people I hang around with don't believe in the same thing I believe in. So it's like you're trying to satisfy other people instead of being true to yourself. That's that is so profound that you just said I don't want to be the wrong person because of the people I'm hanging around. That's really wonderful um, for you to say that because it's so true. That's really great. Thank you yeah. for saying mm-hmm. that. And it's like, if you're going to sing R&B, at least be by our side when we're going through things like police brutality, all these parents, children's mothers, they're losing their kids, their aunts, their uncles, they're losing people in their family, and you're not, like, trying to help. It's heartbreaking because, like, yes, great, you appreciate, you appreciate our culture, but what are you when we're needing help? Like, you're not, you're in the back where you should be front line center showing that you have support. Like, you're right. in the back, that's great. But just the fact that you're being in the back does not give us enough of a push we're trying to like we need like that one person who's like all about it like like no matter what they don't care if they lose friends with because it's something they strongly believe in so if you're not that type of person i don't think you should sing r&b in general yeah naturally 
because naturally usually like the non-black people um you know when you're doing r&b you're gonna be surrounded by a bunch of black people like you you know what you got yourself into right you know? they're so, basically like your co-workers you know those yeah. are exactly hitting with and the people that you're supposed to be making music with in the same genre right and even though you're you know like you know co-working you're still like friends with a lot of black people you're you're you know you're maybe your lovers may be black you you have to understand that we go through a lot and if you can't help then you shouldn't be like doing something that's predominant predominantly black you know what i'm saying like why would you why would you do something like that but yet not support you know what we made you know technically what we made why would you not help help out especially if you're taking it to line your own pockets you know yeah like you're making money off of a black genre and most Mm -hmm. likely um using like a you're like you're appealing to black people this way and once you're if you're appealing to black people you have black listeners and black listeners are lining your pockets with black money you know um so Mm -hmm. for you to like line your pockets with black money and capitalize off of black music and then not care about black lives it's utterly completely disrespectful and i don't think that anybody who lacks a knowledge on the struggle um in the history of the genre that they're participating in i don't think that they should be participating in it at all because if you're not going to put in the effort to just like assert yourself um into you know the different battles and the different struggles for independence and um basic human rights Mm -hmm. then you really don't need to be worried about this at all you know stay out of our business yeah like if you don't if you don't like support like that's really disgusting because it's like why would you sit here and you know build off you know like you said black using black money and you know using it for yourself yet not even you know helping out just a little bit at least just a little bit it's just like it's really disgusting like why would you even you know partake yeah it's like a stab in the back it's Mm -hmm. like take my you're using something we created for your own use and you're not even trying to like put back into the community Mm -hmm. so it's like what's the purpose you're gaining you're gaining our love our money stuff that we really cherish and adore and using it against us and you're not even helping us with it no really that's the really good way of putting it and i thank you guys for your perspective um and thank you so much for joining me on pulling back the curtain tonight um once again i'd like to say that my guests here were tashia willie and kayla zachary um they're wonderful girls if you if you guys would like to plug your instagrams or anything your tiktoks (laughs) Um, no thank you (laughs) i'm dead (laughs) okay so that's a no on the plug um but thank you once again guys and i'll be signing off here um just the, this has been a wonderful episode i think it's the fav- my favorite one that we've recorded um for the season so this is this has been really wonderful and a lovely experience and just a wonderful way to wrap things up thank you so much i love you guys love you too, love you too. I, I thought y'all weren't gonna say it back i was like wow, <laughs> my own podcast humiliation
<laughs> that would never happen. We're for lifers. For lifers. For lifers. <laughs> I'm going to leave that one in for my English teacher because she just learned what that meant. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.